Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast where Wyndham Day is two days away. It is lost in the midcard. Here we are. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. We've got Crown Jewel that happened on Thursday. Pretty damn good pay-per-view. Probably the best Saudi show we've ever seen by far, I would say. Bound for Glory happened on Saturday as well as some major news in the world of honor. But first, uh, thank you to everybody joining Lost in the Midcard this week. You can find us on podcasts through Spotify, iTunes, Google, Pocket Cast, any of those uh, that you listen to your podcast on. All you got to do is search for Lost in the Midcard. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure you find the one that says new feed as we are now uh, brought to you on anchor.fm. So make sure you give us a subscribe there. Also, give us a subscribe on the YouTube, and uh, you can find that by just searching for Lost in the Midcard as well, or go to our website, litmcpodcast.com. Other links are also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lost in the Midcard, as well as our Twitter page at litmcpodcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Bennett. You can find me on the Twitter. As always, my co-host, he is on the Twitter at Raw F Showtime, it is Mr. Matt Black. Matt, how you doing? Better than the Ring of Honor. Well, yeah. How about that? Good grief. How about that? Uh, not just one, but two earth-shattering announcements here that were dropped just today on Wednesday. Uh, it was announced that uh, by Ring of Honor that they were going to be taking a break from live events they were going to put a halt on live events for the first quarter of 2022 while they reimagine and reconceptualize the company. Uh, final battle would still take place on December 11th. And um, the Ring of Honor put out a statement. Throughout the pandemic, our top priority is to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning to pivot, pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will culminate with final battle in December, and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to internally uh, work internally to uh, reimagine ROH. ROH has the most dedicated fans in the industry and we appreciate appreciate their loyalty and patience as we can reconceptualize Ring of Honor. We anticipate returning to live events in April for Supercard of Honor with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. That was not all, though. That was not all, though, kids, because then it came out later in the day that... uh, uh, from Brian Alvarez of uh, Wrestling Observer, that everybody under contract with the Ring of Honor is free and clear at the beginning of uh, the beginning of the year. Everybody, the entire roster, is uh, no longer going to be under contract with Ring of Honor. Uh, contracted talent will still be paid, but um, until March thirty first. But uh, 
uh, Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful had mentioned that Joe Coff had told Tan- talent had uh, told talent he had multiple meetings trying to fight for ROH, but ultimately Sim Claire made the call. And so, wow, Matt, uh, what do you expect to happen with this big news that followed the other big news today? I'm not 100% sure this company's ever coming back. And if it, if it does come back, it's not going to be, you know, the reign of honor, the people that people know now it's, I, I, it will probably be more along the lines of a, of a pro wrestling gorilla or yeah. a game changer wrestling or something along those lines where they bring in, you know, people from, you know, show to show yeah, and they're not really locked down to any type of actual like legitimate contracts. Like I think the, the ROH that we've known for the, the better part of the last 20 years dies at final battle and battle in December. And oh. I am going because I'm a, Sucker for being part of history, JB. Yeah. I will absolutely be at final battle on December 11th. My uh, brighter side of the cup was, well, maybe a lot of the the majority of the core with Ring of Honor, especially the guys that have been there a long time, your Jay Lethal, your Briscoes, you know, they go wrestle for GCW and other promotions, even could show up on Impact and AEW on a paper appearance deal and then come back to ring of honor in april maybe i'm just being too much sunshine and rainbows and and maybe I that's think you're a, out of your think you're out of your fucking mind <laughs> i don't know you never know uh it is interesting but i mean shit you got well the briscoes already showed up in gcw um you know i i, I think it i think at this time it's almost the lock that dan Housen's going to aew matt don't you think I would sure as fuck think so. I I can't imagine that Tony Khan doesn't realize, like the money the money machine in, in Dan Housen Dan Housen on your roster. I I to me if, there, if there's one surefire signing from from Ray Bonner, it should be Dan Housen, probably followed by Jonathan Gresham. Yep. And, you know, and then you can then you can go from there. Yeah. So uh, you know, I could expect a guy like a Brody King to go to NXT. Uh, uh, no, if Brody King goes, that's another person that should be a lock for AEW because you just throw them together with Black. Ooh, yeah. Because they're already they're already a tag team and in, in, in PWG. Yeah. So why the hell not form the House of Black and bring Brody into AEW? That's another no brainer that should be on that roster. And you got uh, you got uh, Uncle Dax on Twitter uh, uh, talking to, to bring the Briscoes home to aw so it's gonna that's gonna be rough yeah i don't know oh you know the the history that surrounds the briscoes it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough going for whatever for whatever company chooses to sign them why why do you say that i i'm I'm not i'm not getting into it there's just there's some stuff in jay briscoe's past that caused wwe to pull their NXT contract offer several years ago and they got a lot of heat for it at the time. And I just, I feel like if the Briscoes show up in a national company, it's good. That stuff's going to rear its ugly head again. And I don't want to be the person. I don't want to be one of the people to rear it. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the one to say it. 
Uh, you got like uh, Chris Dickinson, who's also been, you know, all over the Indies and GCW and all that. Uh, you know, he could probably continue to be in the Indies, but he's also that type of body that WWE probably likes. Uh, Dalton Castle's an interesting name. Uh, you know, he really, I, I haven't followed Ring of Honor very closely, but has it really been, has he really been featured much with Ring of Honor the past couple I years? I feel like Dalton Castle's fallen off the face of the earth. Because of ability you know, or over, Ring of Honor just not last, get, Over the last year or so. Because of ability or just Ring of Honor not getting behind him? Probably a little bit of both. What about EC3? I don't know. That dude doesn't want to seem to be... That, that dude typically doesn't want to seem to be tied down anywhere. Yeah. And I don't... What do you do? Go, You go back to Impact? Like, I, I don't... I don't see him as... I don't... He doesn't scream the type of guy that that with the, with the type of roster that AEW already has. I just I don't see them. I don't see them tripping over their own feet to try to bring in EC3. I just I just don't. Should, I'm not uh, saying I'm not saying he's not a hell of a you know a hell of a talent because he is. But I mean with the, with the depth of the AEW roster right now, I just don't really know. You know, if he's worth, if he's worth, you know, throwing into that roster right now because I just, I don't, I don't really see anything for him other than like dark and elevation, right now. Like I don't, I don't see him being a, a featured character, and he's going to want to be, you know, a featured character wherever he goes. I look, like I said, I, lo- I love EC3. I'm not trying to say anything bad. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see him in AEW. That, that that one does that that one doesn't compute in my brain. Should TK go after Flip Gordon? That's going to be up to the Bucks. Honestly, if the Bucks want him there, he'll be there. If What's they don't, the then he then he ain't gonna he ain't gonna be there. Is there a story there? I would. If I'm the Bucks, I'm a little pissy that he resigned when when Skrull signed resigned. Yeah, because like I would imagine in their minds they were both coming over and they both they both chose to, to stay um so like to me that that comes down to uh that comes down to the, the the bucks decision like he would fit there i don't think i don't think he'd be a big a big player or anything you know because you know it just can we you know, uh, i i think he'd be in there in like a matt seidel role yeah can we get um, a, can we get Matt Taven to impact so we could face off with Ace Austin? Actually, that would be tremendous. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, and then of course you got your 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 Spanish, your luchadors. You got Roosh, you got Flamita, you got Bandito. Uh, I, I'm sure Tony Khan's foaming at the mouth to try to get them in the, to pull, to put them together with Andrade. Yeah, right. You, you know, <laughs> I I think that those those ones are kind of dope. Like Tony Khan, I feel like Tony Khan for a while has been trying to figure out what what to do with andrade yeah and if he could if him he and black get, together has been pretty sweet though yeah if he can get those guys in there oh boy uh and finally uh yeah, how about shane taylor i mean you know maybe 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 nxt you know shane taylor promotions would be great for AEW. yeah they would especially you if know. you especially if they ever finally pull the trigger on that on that trios uh and then you got all the women that they just built into a new roster 
you know, with the new title chain, uh, you know, and then uh, Sean Ross Sapp came out on Fightful Select today and said, uh, AEW tried to get Roxy and, uh, uh, you know, and so then you got all these women here too. So, you know, uh, you know, Trisha Dora is one of the top female stars, uh, that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, they got session moth Martina, who's tremendous, uh, Quinn McKay, you know, she's a backstage interviewer, but she can go too. uh, uh Miranda Alize, I think is how you say her name. Sorry if I screwed that up. Of course you got Matt's favorite Mandy Leon. So, uh, you know, and so they just rebuilt that, you know, so it's, it's interesting and crazy to think, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of just thought maybe the core would, you know, if there, if, if there is a, a definite plan in place to return in April, that a lot of that core would just work indies and come back in April and resign, but not everybody, I didn't, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying your core guys, your Jay lethals probably would, you, you know, maybe even your Jonathan Gresham, your Shane Taylor's, your Dalton castles, your Briscoe's, I, you know, I, I figure they would. Um, but that's a big if, you know, and we don't know what the, the company's going to look like in April. If they're clued into what it's going to look like in April, that might help their decision. But I mean, shit, who knows? And plus, Matt, there's a lot of time between now and April in there. Oh, yeah. But I mean, they could, they could go out and sign anywhere right now. They ain't got to wait till April. No. Uh, yeah. So they could sign anywhere. They could sign anywhere or they could work indies and work per preparance and then come back in April. Who knows? You know, so very interesting. Okay, and like, <laughs> The way the, the understanding is like Ring of Honor is not going to try to hold anybody nope. down if they want to go, if they want to go and work somewhere else immediately. Yep. So I don't, I don't really think uh Ring of Honor has that option of just thinking that people are going to wait around for, uh, for their shit. Yeah. Dynamite tonight, Boston mass kicking off with, a tremendous match of two veterans, CM Punk, Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish recently with the heel turn uh, on Saturday Night Dynamite. And uh, so got a, a a tremendous opener between these two guys. Uh, I, I, I know you watched it back at least twice. I, I saw it live, and uh, I thought Fish kicked out before three. How about maybe did they did it a little on purpose to not finish this feud yet, Matt? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that ref's hand went down before he got his shoulder off. It was, it was instantaneous, but, but a three. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a three. I feel like he kicked it. I feel, I feel like he kicked out of like three point three point oh one, but he kicked out. MJF took on a jobber. And then uh, taunted Darby before uh, it was Sting's music hit, and that was just a a, a a a taunt as well. Before the lights went out, and then there was Sting beating everybody up with baseball bats as MJF uh, tries to run to higher ground. But Darby Allen, in his Invisible Man or Inspector Gadget costume, whatever you want to call it, uh, comes in from the crowd, and uh, MJF runs like a little bitch. And uh, I wonder how long Wardlow is going to take those baseball bats before he uh, shots before he just turns on MJF, huh? It's coming soon. They keep teasing it, Matt. They keep teasing it. They're they good at teasing. They ain't giving us that long tease of Wardlow's leaving MJF, but he never does. He never does. Uh, uh, Tony Schiavone interviewing Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And, uh, she apparently bailed on her match with Abaddon at the Jericho Cruise. 
And so on uh, Friday on Rampage, a no DQ match. And if Abaddon wins, she will get a title shot against Britt Baker. TNT Championship up next, Sammy Guevara against All Ego, Ethan Page. And uh, this was a this was a hell of a match, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, I, I, I thought I thought it was awesome. Tony Nese getting the best uh, best seats that AEW has to offer. Uh, they played him off as a free agent, but where, where it is on the streets that he has already signed his contract with AEW. Um, and uh, Paige was setting up Ego's Edge, but Guevara countered it into a Hurricane Rana and grabs the legs for the pinfall. Sammy Guevara retains the TNT title. Scorpio Sky comes out to attack two on one, and then the rest of Inner Circle come out and make the save as we will get that five-on-five match between American Top Team, the men of the year, against the Inner Circle. Next week, the Inner Circle gets to pick the three members of American Top Team that will be in that match. Uh, Tony Schiavone interviewing Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson ahead of their semifinal match in the Eliminator Tournament, which will be on Rampage this Friday. And uh, Eddie taking a little, uh, 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 taking uh, a little pissed off about some things that Danielson had said about him. Uh, interesting little segment there. We will uh, get that fucking tremendous match on Friday. I can't wait to see that. Uh, first round match. But speaking of awesome matches, another great match. Hikaru Shida, Serena Deeb for the uh, first round of the TBS Championship Tournament. Uh, these two women fucking killed it. I love this match, Matt. Glad we're getting to probably going to get a third one, maybe at full gear, right? Um, I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they're going to be able to fit it on the full gear. I feel like there's already going to be at least two women's matches scheduled for there already. Um, yeah. Maybe they maybe they put it on the buy-in. Could could. I I don't know. I I can't I can't see them getting three women's matches on on the. Uh, Oh, on that pay-per-view. I just, I just don't, I just don't see it. After the match, uh, Serena Deeb goes to town on Sheeta's knee and we get some refs. Uh, she puts on the serenity lock and we get some refs and Jerry Lynn out there to get her to stop. Uh, Mike Seidel is injured. We find out with Tony Schiavone interviewing Dante Martin and Leo Rush. So, uh, now it's just going to be a one-on-one match between Dante Martin and Matt Seidel instead. Uh, first round of the uh, AEW title eliminated tournament, the final first round match. Uh, Preston Vance, 10 of the Dark Order, taking on John Moxley, and uh, John Moxley just beat the shit out of him and left. What, what was that you said, Matt? Put it on t shirt. <laughs> Arrival race, I'll leave. The old yeah. Stone Cold shirt. I feel like it definitely, uh, you, you could definitely repurpose that and do a new design for for moxley's current character and if you're standing by the guardrail when moxley comes your way get the fuck out of the way that dude got nailed by the guardrail when he kicked it <laughs> well that's on him gotta be paying attention gotta know you gotta know uh, moxley ain't fucking around he's ready to leave uh cody rhodes comes out to a lot of booze a lot more booze than we've actually probably had in in a while and uh it's kind of funny how cody says he's not going to turn you know uh, what would you make of that, Matt? I, I I loved I loved everything about it. I loved the promo. I loved Andrade coming out. I loved 
plot coming out. I love Pat coming out. I loved all of it. Yeah. Reminded me of John Cena. You know, he always said he he would teal it, tease the heel turn and then actually do a a physical heel turn with his foot. Uh, Cody saying how it would have been a lot. Of, he thought about doing the pedigree, which I thought he was going to do instead of the Tiger Driver. Uh, but yeah, it was a pretty cool segment there. I think he'll uh, do it. I think he'll do it eventually. Yeah, I think I think it was the be- I think it was the beginning of the tease, and there's going to be a build to it. But there's eventually going to be a point where Cody's going to snap. He's had enough. Yeah. And he's going to do everything tonight that he said he wasn't going to do. And then insert himself into the world title picture. Yep. It's like he said, it's like he said that I did. He wouldn't do. I think, I think this is all going to, this is all eventually going to lead to that. How fun was the main event tonight, Matt? It was chaotic (laughs) and crazy and just, it was fun. Like that, like anybody was looking for a great technical match. You got plenty of them tonight on dynamite. The main event was just about fun, fun. Uh, Dark Order, Cole Cabana dressed up. A little bit of fun in our lives. Dark Order, uh, Cole Cabana dressing up as Brandon Cutler. That was hilarious. Uh, Evil Uno, I couldn't. Uh, he was dressed as either Hangman Page or Woody from Toy Story. Uh, Stu Grayson was dressed up as either Kratos from God of War or Tomasa Champa. Kratos. Will I could have been Tomasa Champa from last night. You know. Will remember. you stop? <laughs> I, I I'm gonna go with he was dressing up as Tomasa Champa. and uh john silver dressing up as bambi uh, against the ghostbusters and uh mikey ruckus the the musical genius at aew tweeted uh he got literally asked hours before dynamite to put together a ghostbusters like theme and uh the man pulled it off it was tremendous I i loved everything about it and the match was just insane and uh after the match, uh, or, or towards the end of the match, uh, a horse runs down to ringside, and we all know it's Brandon Cutler because we all knew Hangman was in the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man suit. And they give uh, the horse the BTE trigger, and while well, he couldn't tell him that he's not uh, that he was not Hangman or a member of the Dark Order because they taped his mouth shut, and they take off the horse's head and see Brandon Cutler, and that's when Hangman Page reveals himself as the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man to a tremendous pop and uh beats down the elite and gives johnny hungy the pinfall over matt jackson for the win a lot of fun that was uh that was just a lot of fun that's all i gotta say about that halloween havoc last night nxt matt what'd you think about it overall uh i thought the four title matches were all very good to excellent and i thought the rest of the show sucked ass it was uh, uh, a takeover-like event with all the t- a lot of titles on the line. Uh, we kicked it off with the Stairway to Hell ladder match uh, with a triple threat. Uh, very good effort by the women. Lots of uh, bumps, especially by Io Shirai. Um, it was good to see that J.C. Jane was okay after that, uh, that, that uh, botched suicide dive last week. Um, but uh, well, well done by all. And uh, in the end, uh, Toxic Attraction gets the win, as uh, we predicted on the show here last week. And we predicted a Toxic Attraction sweep, and we got one, didn't we, Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it was bound to happen. Like, yeah, they're putting the, the that was That was not a surprise to me going in at all. Not a fan of the Haunted House sequence, huh, Matt? No, I look. There were some funny parts in that, and that was probably about the only other passable thing on the show. 
Uh, I thought everything else beyond the the Gargano um, haunted house segments, I I didn't like anything else on the show. Uh, Joe Gacy winning a squash match. Uh, we get Kaylee Ray getting angry how she's not getting any respect. Uh, then we get a Halloween party that was, uh, uh, you know, very, uh, very Vince McMahon like as we've seen things like this on raw and, and SmackDown before. Um, Diamond mind shows up or strong offered an open challenge. It was answered by Odyssey Jones match went all of four minutes. Um, and we got uh, the women's championship trick or treat street fight with Raquel Gonzalez and Mandy Rose. I thought it was a, a tremendous match. Uh, very, very well done. I thought, and uh, the mysterious figure shows up and hits Raquel Gonzalez with the shovel to end the match. And it uh, uh, no surprise there based on what happened, that it was Dakota Kai as the, uh, as the, uh, the hooded figure uh, returning to attack Raquel Gonzalez. And good to see Mandy Rose uh, getting her first singles title in WWE. Uh, very happy to see that as well. Undeserved. Uh, she's busted her ass for a long time. Oh, God, how long has she been getting, there? She's finally getting to show people what she can do. So, yeah, I mean, Mandy Rose has been there for how long, man? Tough Enough was 14. Was that right? Was that when Tough Enough was? 2014? 15 uh, one of one of those two she's been there for a while yeah so good to see uh grayson waller was uh, the de facto host because i think he wrecked la Knight's uh sports car and so then uh so grayson was doing the hosting then la Knight's uh, music hit he shows up finally hey look they're both wearing the same costume and then solo sequoia or whatever how you say his name sequoia i don't know i will probably learn it over the next few weeks because we'll probably see a lot of him uh he he definitely looks like his brothers doesn't he matt <laughs> yeah like if someone would have told me they were triplets i wouldn't i wouldn't try to argue right and of course the nxt universe chanting for uso they ain't stupid they know they know uh so he uh he he beat them guys up Oh, how about them Braun Breaker Chucky segments? They didn't forget what happened in WCW, did they? <sighs> Lumber Jack O'Lantern match was the uh, spin the wheel, make the deal for the tag team championship between MSK and Imperium. Uh, I found it funny. Somebody mentioned on Twitter last night that this was the most that MSK has been cheered in a while and they lose. Uh, your two-time... Tag champs Imperium now. And main event, Tomasa Champa, Braun Breaker. Uh I, I would say, do you agree, Matt, that uh uh the the uh the uh young Braun Breaker uh did pretty well in uh, his main event debut? Yeah, besides falling face first off the rope, I yeah, thought, that that was, a, I thought that, it was a solid showing for Braun, yeah. but yeah, that was a little unfortunate, wasn't it? A little uh, bad. The uh, the veteran Champa quick to make a pin on that though, uh, to 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 cover that up. Um, so that was good. 
But uh, yeah, I thought Brown Breaker did do a, a, a tremendous job in the main event. I was surprised, man. They're putting that rocket so far up to his ass. You know, they're putting the rocket up a toxic attractions ass. They all got the titles. I figured they're putting the rocket up a bronze ass. They're going to, they're going to give him the titles, but a little swerve, a little swerve there. Uh, Champa hitting the fairy tale ending for a second time and gets the win over Brown Breaker. Uh, they cut it off right at the top of the hour. So not much else uh, happening after the big win. So it's a pretty fun Halloween havoc there. I, uh, yeah, I, I was so surprised. I was surprised that Champa went, was, uh, uh, was winning that match, man. I was I was very surprised. Who do you think that a challenge steps up next for uh, Champa? It'd be nice if Joe came back. Right. I'm not expecting it, but it would be nice if Joe came back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We haven't, heard a, we haven't heard a peep out of him since that damn thing happened. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Joe. Weird stuff, man. Crown Jewel happened on Thursday. Uh, it wasn't a bad show, was it, Matt? Uh, it was. They're easily their best Saudi show, and that's yeah. not, but that's that's not a high bar either. No, it was one of the better pay per views of the year too. I thought. I thought it was a very good pay per view, uh, definitely better than any other other Saudi shows because those were just high level pyro filled live event jobber you know it just wasn't exciting there wasn't much excitement to those shows this was a i thought this whole card was this whole match was pretty damn good uh usos took on hurt business in the kickoff show got about 10 minutes there no surprise usos were winning of course uh that's not going to surprise anyone uh jesus christ the first match of the of the day edge and seth rollins hell in a cell i mean matt this was definitely a match of the year contender wasn't it Yeah, I mean, what is there to say to what is there to say about it? I love the I loved uh, Seth wrapping the leg up in, in the chain, doing teasing a stomp with it. I thought that was very unique. And then when he went for it, uh, uh, his crotch landed right into a chair by Edge, and uh, Edge winning with the stomp. So that was pretty unique. But yeah, that was a a hell of a match. Almost went about half an hour. Uh, also, uh, a key part, uh, a key thing in that match, uh, referee Jessica Carr, first female to referee a match in Saudi. So that was pretty cool to see as well. Uh, but yeah, Jesus, that that was a masterpiece between Edge and Seth Rollins. Definitely going to be a marquee nominee for match of the year once we get to those at the end of the year, which is shit. That's coming up pretty soon, isn't it? So it was definitely the best Hell in a Cell match we've seen this year. Yeah. yeah. So. Little redemption for Seth Rollins inside of a hell in a cell after the last time he stepped in, huh? A little bit. Where he wanted to strangle Vince McMahon after that match. Mansoor. People want to strangle Vince McMahon on a daily basis, so. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up! Whoa. Mansoor and Mustafa Ali got 10 minutes. Good, solid match. No surprise, Mansoor getting the win there. Um, after the match, uh, Mustafa attacks, and uh, then this guy comes out in a uh, uh, in a karate outfit, and it was uh, Tareg Hamidi, who is uh, a silver medalist from the Tokyo Olympics from Saudi Arabia. Uh, so obviously the country knows him very well. He got a gigantic pop, so it was a pretty cool moment to see him uh, saving Mustafa Ali. 
Uh, we got tag team titles on the line. RK bro taking on uh, styles and almost pretty short match only went about nine minutes with uh, RK bro retaining probably no surprise to anybody that that retained. Uh, I think they are going to break up AJ and almost sooner than later, even though they were going to do it at the draft. Um, I think it's coming pretty soon. Uh, Queens crown tournament final. Uh, yeah, they actually gave him six minutes here as opposed to three, but, uh, Zelina Vega is your winner there. Queen Zelina. Uh, Goldberg and Lashley, no holds barred. Uh, I thought it was a pretty damn good Goldberg match, Matt. You? Yeah. Another one of those best X matches in a while. It was Goldberg's best match in a while. Yeah. The fact that that, the fact that that 50 some odd year old man did a spear off the fucking stage. Right. A bunch of tables. Right. Yeah. That was, that was pretty ballsy. Uh, it went 12 minutes too. Uh, it was a very good match. I thought it was, it was probably the best one since that Goldberg tussled with Lesnar. But I mean, even then that was only a five minute match. So it was pretty cool to see Goldberg in a lengthy match and do really well as well, as well. And uh, later on in the week, he reveals he has one match left in his contract. King of the Ring finals, Xavier Woods, Finn Balor. Uh, what can you say, man? All hail Xavier Woods. It, it, we got our wish. He got his wish. We're all happy. And it was the right move. And it, it was a great performance from Woods, too, against a former world champion, wasn't it, Matt? Good shit, pal. Uh, obviously, the biggest win of Xavier Woods' singles career. Uh, very cool. And be interesting to see what they do with him going forward. He was I'm already trying. Happy. I'm just happy they actually let him have it. Yeah. So. Exactly. I like how he fired Kevin Dunn. He's directing the cameras now. Fired Kevin Dunn. We all love to fire Kevin Dunn. Big E, Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. They had a, a damn fun match as well. Went about 14 minutes. Um, I, I think nobody expected Drew to win, but yet still they gave us a very entertaining match there, I thought. Uh, women's triple threat, I thought, was uh, was pretty good as well. They gave them about 20 minutes uh, with uh, uh, Becky Lynch coming out with the win. Uh, then that of course leads to the infamous, uh, swapping of belts. Jeez. Is that the best we can think of Vince? And that didn't even go what that didn't even go to plan. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, Roman they, they, Reigns. They, they deserved that to be a shit show. Yes. Yeah. And then he got Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, uh, went about 12 minutes. Uh, thought it was a very, a very good match with those guys. Uh, of course, a lot of people hated the ending because once again, we get Uso interference and that's it. You know, a lot of people get tired of the same old shit, but that's what we got. Roman Reigns gets the win to uh, close out the show. Bound for Glory happened on Saturday for Impact Wrestling. 
uh, one of their bigger pay-per-views of the year. Matt, what were your, uh, what were your thoughts on the Saturday show? Yeah. Not that impressed. I really wasn't. I thought it was one of the most underwhelming impact shows pay-per-views in a while. They sure scaled back on having all those big surprises for uh, people uh, coming into Impact, huh? They kind of forgot they mentioned that when they started doing the vignettes for this. Look, they had like, they had a few. I thought a few really good matches on the show, and other than that, it was just you know whatever. Yeah, uh, uh, Jordan Grace wins the uh, inaugural Impact Digital Media Championship. It was a a six-way dance with three women, three men. Uh, and then uh, we kick off the main show with Decay and The Inspiration, which, of course, was the uh, the Iconics. And um, right inside the door, The Inspiration gets the uh, the win, wins the knockout tag title. So it's pretty cool to see uh, those girls get recognized uh, for the talent that they are. Um, so I was pretty happy to see that. Uh, that, uh, you know, X division, you know, you're going to get yourself a damn good match. And, uh, Trey Miguel, Steve Macklin, El Phantasmo definitely gave us a tremendous match for the, the vacant X division championship. And man, man, about time that they recognize Trey Miguel, right, Matt? Yeah. I mean, the dude, the dude decided to come back and stay with them. Yeah. You know, over going elsewhere, you know, it was nice to finally, throw him a bone so to speak probably um probably outside of alexander and christian might have been match of the night right there i'm just saying alexander and christian uh you know violent by design taking on heath and uh maybe rhino uh, but i think everybody in their dog knew how this match was going to go heath get beat up and then eventually rhino shows up saves the day and everybody's happy that rhino and heath are back together again uh call your shot gauntlet match uh we had a few surprises in there i mean nothing major uh people that have been with the company before shown up on one shots like uh rocky romero so we got to start off with rocky romero and chris saban so that didn't suck um and we got a couple of other surprises like melina and uh um (laughs) the, the demon I didn't even realize that was a, a guy from WCW, Matt. <laughs> Ugh. I guess he hadn't wrestled in like a long time because this was and like he looked it <laughs> right. Uh, uh, the Rado Kid was one of the uh, surprises. Uh, Sam Beal had gotten kicked out of Brian Myers's group. Well, he eliminated Brian Myers, so he got himself a little bit of a revenge. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool watching Eddie Edwards and Alicia Eddie and Alicia Edwards beat the shit out of. Uh, 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 w morris or beat the shit out of moose with the kendo sticks i thought that was pretty uh a pr- pretty cool moment of the match came down to the final two matt cardona and moose which once you get down to the final two it's pinfall or submission unfortunately did not last too long as uh, moose won pretty quickly and held the uh the call your shot gauntlet trophy uh good brothers took on finn juice and bullet club for the tag titles this was also a pretty damn good match with the bullet club walking out on top uh knockouts t- i thought the knockouts match between diana Peraza and mickey james is a pretty damn good match uh matt had picked mickey james i picked diana matt was right mickey james 
wins and becomes, I believe, a six-time knockouts champion. I can't remember the number off the top of my head. Uh, but I thought that was a pretty damn good match, too. Well, that was and the best match on the show. I thought Christian Cage and Josh Alexander had a hell of a match. Um, with yeah, but then they got ruined by the aftermath. That ruined. Josh celebrating with his wife and kid in the ring, and Moose cashes in the Collier shot already. If this was all. If this was always Impact's plan, no wonder Omega said "fuck off." Right. You know, we'll let we'll let Christian do this instead. Because if I'm Omega and I go all the way through and I go to Bound for Glory and I drop the belt to Alexander, so fucking Moose cash in two minutes later, I'm gonna like fuck off. Yep. Like I, you know, I completely understand why like the two companies aren't really working together at the moment. Um, terrible creative booking decisions like that. You know, they deserve <sighs> what they get. It's very WWE like, right? It was yeah. It, it felt like a WWE close to their show, and in an era where everybody is sick and fucking tired of WWE booking, um, Impact should have read the fucking room. Yeah, I see where they're going with you know looking making Moose look like a douche standing over Alexander and his family holding the title. But yeah, you don't build up a guy for six months, give him the world title, and then drop drop it in, in less than two minutes. That's that's no. W that's WWE booking bullshit. Yep. Yeah, I I did not I hated that completely. I thought it was fucking stupid. Don't know where they were going with that. Ah, SmackDown, basically a tale of uh, two cool things. The first half hour with uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, and uh, then Lesnar uh, suplexing Adam Pierce and getting indefinitely suspended, which is a way of saying, Brock, you get a nice vacation until the Royal Rumble. And uh, then we got, the, you know, that was good, and then the coronation with Xavier Woods was good, but the rest of the show was pretty much crap, wasn't it, Matt? Uh, you agree <laughs> was that a sigh of agreement uh, <laughs> you mean shinsuke nakamura and happy corbin did not excite you you mean swapping? who could it have possibly excited <laughs> you mean swapping titles because they can't think of a better creative way to do it excited you but then we had, uh, apparently, we had some backstage excitement there with uh, uh, Sonya Deville and Becky Lynch and, and Charlotte Flair uh, going at each other backstage. So uh, that was probably more interesting than what they did on, on TV. So too bad they didn't air that. Oh, boy. <laughs> what did you think about that? What did you think about when you heard about that, the backstage shit? That Charlotte, we very happy if she caused us enough problems backstage to get released by the company. Well, you saw Andrade tweeted it after hearing about that, uh, F-U-W-W-E uh, shortly after that all occurred. So, didn't know what he was talking about at first, then it all came to light. i tell you what, as, as, uh, as shitty as the uh, first post-draft edition of SmackDown was, I thought Raw was pretty decent la- on Monday, Matt. Well, it wasn't bad. I wouldn't yeah. say it was an amazing show, but it wasn't bad. The main event was amazing. Oh, yeah, so, it was. As predictable as it was, it was still an amazing match. That kind of, you know, balances out the show as a whole when you when you 
really take the last 40 minutes of the show and you give a match like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Biggie came out to start the show, interrupted by Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio and Finn Balor and uh, Kevin Owens. And it's interesting how two guys that just lost and two guys that have not been pushed lately are in the title picture, but that's WWE for you in a nutshell. What happens when you don't freaking keep people strong? Yep. Uh, so then they announced that uh, we will get a fatal four way between Balor, Owens, Ray, and Rollins. Winner gets a WWE championship opportunity. Uh, Alpha Academy, Street Profits, and Ziggler and Rue the Dirty Dogs uh, took a triple threat match. Winner got a Raw tag team title shot later on on Monday Night Raw with the Dirty Dogs getting the win there uh, after about 11 minutes. Uh, we got a um, coronation for Queen Zelina, who then developed a, a, a bad British accent. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I think Queen, I think Queen Vega, Queen Zelina will be pretty good though. I think, I, I think she'll be. As long as they actually let her win, start winning matches, I'm okay with it. Yep. You know, don't don't put don't put the fucking crown on her and then have her go back to losing every fucking week. You know, yep. if you're gonna let her start winning matches now, then cool. They could have fit easily fifty fifty booked her with Dewdrop, and they didn't do that, did they? They had her be, they 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 had her beat Dewdrop, so. Uh, there, there's something God, what there. A, what a failed experiment that was. Yeah. They've, they've ruined Piper Niven and it's a fucking shame. It is. Oh, WWE. Uh, so we get, uh, we got, a a little Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair after, uh, after that. And. Damian Priest with new, very shitty, very generic music. Uh, Man, why that was a great entrance music. You had the, the the bow and arrow thing. It was a good entrance. You you replaced it with some generic fucking music. Boring. And he took on uh, T Bar, who still is not known as Damian uh, Donovan Dijak yet. Uh, hopefully, they they make that switch soon. Uh, DQ finished though, so maybe they'll continue the feud. Uh, maybe he'll, uh, maybe Priest will beat the T bar out of him, and, and he'll come back as Dijak. We can only hope. We can only hope. Uh, Carmella against Liv Morgan because we've never seen that match before. And uh, oh look, the person we want pushed. You know, she got a big pop on Monday. Liv Morgan. Oh, oh, she loses in four minutes to Carmella. What the fuck are we doing here, guys? What the fuck are we doing? Keith Bearcat Lee shows up, and, well, nobody really is excited anymore because they've just shit on him a lot, too. Uh, he gets a quick win over Cedric Alexander. Oh, gee, way to bring the Hurt Business back together. What have they done with Cedric and, and Shelton since then? They've they basically been uh, tackling Devons. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Part of me was wondering, Shelton kind of backed off a little. Part of me is wondering if they're going to get him into the hurt business, Keith Lee. Be sure as fuck better than what they're doing with him right now. Yeah, what? Well, they're not doing anything with him except putting a bearcat on his name. 
making them roar. Roar. Uh, Austin Theory got a quick win over Dominic Mysterio. Uh, and we can watch that another 50 times than no one ever. <laughs> Randy Orton and Riddle taking on the Dirty Dogs. Uh, got a pretty good tag team match. They gave him about 12 minutes. I, 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 didn't, I did not hate it. RK Bro getting the win, though, as uh, they are continuing to roll as, uh, as champs. And then, as Matt said, the end of the night, tremendous ladder match, fucking awesome effort between those four guys, especially uh, Seth Rollins, just a few days removed from a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, so I thought it was great effort from all four guys. Of course, Seth Rollins really the only heel in the match, and so you thought that maybe it'd be too obvious. Maybe they'd go with the Kevin Owens or something. But no, they go with Seth Rollins. So then Seth Rollins will probably win the WWE Championship, and then he'll, and then he'll continue to feud with Edge some more, right? Because that's what WWE does. They just they just they just repeat. Don't be surprised. Well, it didn't take long for uh, as we go into headlines. Didn't take long for Bandito to get some work. He has now been announced for some upcoming GCW shows, uh, December third, fourth, and seventeenth in LA. So uh, Bandito making his GCW debut. Of course, he is the reigning world champion for Ring of Honor. So. Uh, good work by him. <laughs> Quick work by him. Uh, Halloween Havoc, uh, according to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics, got a bump in the ratings. Uh, they were uh, 746,000, which is up from 606 the week before. And uh, ties the, uh, the uh, highest week. There is the ties for the highest week since week two of NXT 2.0. Monday Night Raw this week uh, got a uh, a little bump in numbers there, uh, up one one point six five eight million, up from one point five nine three, and uh, SmackDown gets uh, come back to Fox. They uh, they stay above two million, two point one million as they return to Fox. And uh, AEW uh, last week uh, was on uh, Saturday as well. Uh, so only uh, some small, uh, much smaller numbers than they're used to getting for Dynamite. Only five hundred and seventy-five thousand compared to seven twenty-seven that was on the Saturday Dynamite the week before. Rampage uh, also the night before five hundred and thirty-three thousand viewers. So I thought it was very interesting that Rampage was not too far off from Dynamite in terms of numbers. But again, Saturday night not a very good time slot, so not going to be too surprised. After the colossal failure of the $1,000 John Cena NFTs, you figure, well, maybe WWE is going to get out of this NFT thing. No. WWE, Fox Entertainment, and Blockchain Creative Labs are going to launch an NFT marketplace, which I still don't. I don't, I don't understand this NFT shit, Matt. You? <laughs> I get up, man. I <sighs> Yeah, I, I, I look. It's not just WWE. I, I just don't understand the concept. Period. Yeah, I, I don't get why people are throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars at this shit. They uh, just like you know, throwing their money down the toilet. 
Yeah. And like I said, the John Cena thing was a colossal flop, and even Cena admitted it himself. And yet, here, here we are. We're uh, in business to do more. Okay. Uh, SmackDown is going to sound a little different on Friday because Greg Hamilton has confirmed he has been released from WWE calls it a mutual departure, but timing of it is quite interesting as he had recently got into it with rapper West side gun over the fact that the rapper had sampled his voice in some tracks. And then Hamilton threatened that he would send the WWE lawyers after the rapper. So I don't know if uh, that has anything to do with it, but the timing is quite interesting. uh, So to speak. Hamilton signed by the WWE in 2005. And uh, so he has now left the company after uh, six years. Brian Danielson recently uh, speaking uh, to WEEI and uh, mentioned that he would still be retired if WWE hadn't made him the SmackDown general manager. I thought that was very interesting. Uh, but he he uh, said in a quote, uh, it was really hard. I, I would think I would still be retired if WWE didn't have me come back and be w, uh, general manager. I really love wrestling. I didn't want to have to retire, but I was forced to retire. They brought me in as general manager, and I was around it every single week. I think I would have gone off and started my own organic farm or something. I would have been, all right, I had a great time wrestling, but now I've transitioned into this other part of my life and being around it and not actually being able to do the thing I love was really hard. Then I started doing all these different medical treatments and they're a little bit out there and a little bit wild, but a couple of years later, I ended up getting cleared. My passion for wrestling is so deep that if you had put me around it too long, I will get in there. So I guess we could thank uh, uh, him being a general manager then, huh, Matt? I still, some people still think that it was more WWE uh, keeping him from wrestling than it was actually being medically cleared. Do you believe in that, uh, that uh, kind of conspiracy, Matt? Man, who knows? You just... Conspiracies are just. Love this ended debate. I just I don't know if I don't know if I buy into that or not. To be quite frank, CM Punk recently in an interview said that the thought crossed his mind at the first dance to have MJF come out instead of him. That would have been a colossal nuclear failure, don't you think, Matt? Well, so many people called that online. Like, oh, CM Punk's music is going to hit, and MJF's going to walk out. Yeah. Like Punk Punk knew it was just it was too, you know, it was too WWE. Yeah, and, and it's something WWE would do. Yeah, and to have all this hype around that event and him not show up, I think that would have been a tremendous failure. No, so. She would have she would have shown up. He would have just shown up afterward. Ah, uh, yeah. But still, it wouldn't have been as good. No, yeah. it was a tremendous moment the way they did it. Tony Khan revealed in an interview uh, that. He had turned down the idea to do a backstage form WWE backstage format for AEW Rampage. Uh, he said he was not a fan of that. He says he would wants to see a wrestling product, so he turned down that type of format. Now I don't, you know, I don't, I, I won't be surprised if they have some sort of sh- like backstage type of show down the line, especially if they signed Renee Paquette. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they add something to the schedule eventually, but I thought it was kind of interesting that they wanted that to be a backstage like show before instead of 
another wrestling show, which is kind of odd, but eh, I don't know. Uh, WWE has announced a trading card deal, an exclusive trading card deal with the Panini Group. Of course, Panini's been around for quite some time with uh, sports cards and such, and so they are now partnering starting in the first quarter of 2022. Uh, they're going to develop some uh, WWE cards. The first ones will be called 2022 WWE Prism, which will coincide with a buildup uh, surrounding WrestleMania. And uh, the, uh, the, the uh, trading card products will be available at all mass retailers, Walmart, Target, and hobby stores nationwide. Uh, Koto Abushi has suffered a, a dislocated uh, shoulder at uh, the G1 Climax uh, in the finals. And uh, so it has been announced that he's going to miss uh, two months of uh, action due to that injury. Tony uh, Khan has announced that AEW Dynamite is going to be live coast-to-coast moving forward. There will be no more tape delays uh, uh, for the, uh, I, I assume the West Coast probably was on tape delay is my uh, my guess. And so, uh, but Tony Khan has announced that uh, from now on, here on out, Dynamite will be live 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific going forward uh chris jericho's uh rock and rager at sea just now coming to a close the third one fourth one already announced it's just around the corner uh already on march 14th 2022 gonna be called four leaf clover so uh, kind of he's in for a rude awakening yeah that's in, that's that's just too soon yeah, you don't do you don't do a turnaround that quickly. I think it's going to bite him in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know why they don't know why they did that so soon, especially with uh, people just going uh, just spending their money on the cruise here this weekend. So, uh, congratulations to Carmella and Corey Graves. They announced their engagement. No one cares. <laughs> You're not going to the wedding, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Kyoto recently interviewed, um, and recently had an interview with uh, uh, Briscoe and Bradshaw. Uh, stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw, and uh, Mike Kyoto said Vince would get hammered and try to do donuts with the WWE ring truck. Man. If, if only social media was around that or so, like smartphones were around at that time. Oh boy. Would that be fun to see Vin, a drunk Vince trying to do donuts in a WWE ring truck? My God, pal. Uh, Renee Paquette recent interview with Ariel Hawani stated that she had asked for her release from WWE about five years ago initially, but was turned down. Uh, she thought uh, she had done all she could do. Uh, and uh, was wanting to just get out and try something new, uh, tired of the grind with the WWE. Um, but, you know, she also said that it, it was kind of, you know, a good thing for her career because she was able to do a few other different things, especially with the uh, the backstage stuff with Fox and uh, so on. So uh, she said in the end, it was actually worth it being able to stay with the WWE.
Uh, the Briscoes, Mark and uh, Jay, made a big surprise. And uh, as they showed up at GCW Fight Club, and uh, they're getting ready for War Ready coming around the corner uh, as they will be fighting for uh, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice for the GCW Tag Team Championships. And uh, they recently did an interview with Bodyslam.net, and they see GCW. They like how GCW gets down. Says it has that old ECW flame, which I agree. I think GCW has uh, had a lot of great momentum and uh, a great fan base and great crowds, and uh, it's a very enjoyable product. So it's going to be kind of cool to see them boys get in the ring with uh, the Second Gear crew on October twenty third. Or actually, uh, um, actually, that already happened October twenty third. So uh, did they win? I can't remember. I did not see it, so I was gone all that weekend. I think did the Briscoes end up winning it, Matt? Do you know? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Briscoe's tag team champs. Nice. Official AEW rankings uh, that came out here on uh, the 22nd. I uh, got uh, for the men, Hangman Page at one, Orange Cassidy at two, John Moxley at three, Lance Archer at four, Miro at five. Uh, the women's division, Tay Conchi at, at one, Jade Cargill at two, Chris Statlander at three, Thunder Rosa four, Nyla Rose five. And finally, in the tag division, FTR is first, Young Bucks second, Jurassic Express three, Private Party four, the acclaimed are five. Andrade El Idolo uh, spoke with uh, Millennio and uh, recently revealed that he has signed a three-year deal with AEW. So we expect Andrade to be with the company for the foreseeable future. Of course, uh, had a great uh, rematch with uh, Pac on Rampage last week, and uh, we'll probably set up the uh, the rubber match with that pretty soon. And finally, the uh, final story of the day, the PWI Women's 150 came out, or, out and uh, top 10, number 10, Raquel Gonzalez, number 9, Tam Nakanu from Stardom, Number eight, Io Shirai. Number seven, Siri from Stardom. Number six, Sasha Banks. Number five, Thunder Rosa. Number four, Britt Baker. Number three, Deanna Perrazzo. Number two, Yutami Hayashishita from Stardom. And number one, the EST at WWE, Bianca Belair. Congrats to Bianca Belair for being numero uno on the PWI Top 150. All right, kids, that's going to do it for this edition of Lost in the Midcard. And again, I'd like to thank everyone that has subscribed to our podcast. Uh, if you have not done so already, make sure you subscribe through, uh, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google, all of your favorite podcasting apps. Make sure you search for Lost in the Midcard. Hit the new feed. That way you get the newest feed that we get that comes out of anchor.fm. The video version of the podcast is also available and uh, you find that on the YouTube by searching for Lost in the Midcard. Make sure you know hit the subscribe button, hit the bell icon to so you know every time a new episode comes your way. Give us a little thumbs up on the videos as well, and, and comment too. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can uh, find all the links on our website, litmcpodcast.com. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lost in the Midcard, or Twitter at LITMC Podcast. I am on the Twitter at JB Huskers. Matt is on the Twitter at Raw F Showtime. Give us a follow as well. And uh, before we ride off into that sunset, Matt, what are your final thoughts? Oh, as good as pro wrestling is right now, you got to feel for Ring of Honor. 
Yeah. I don't know what the future is for them, but I, my, my thoughts are definitely with their, with their roster and hopefully uh, everyone's able to land on their feet. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely a tough time to, to find out that you're going to not have a contract at the end of the year, but hopefully uh, things work out for everybody. And uh, Hey, there's a lot of good wrestling out there. So a lot of spots for people to fall into. For Matt Black, this is Jeremy Bennett. Thank you for tuning in to Lost the Midcard. We'll catch you next time. Have a good one. We'll be right back.